Riding Around is an improvised recap of a sitcom that never existed. Enjoy! I'm Kelly Quinn. And I'm Malin Von Euler-Hogan. We met as actors on the hit early 2000s sitcom Riding Around, the first network comedy ever to be filmed entirely on... And around... A bus. And we're still pretty good friends. And now we're doing the official Riding Around fan podcast. Each week, we'll talk about an episode of the show and bring you interviews, fun facts, and behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were on the bus can tell you. Come ride around with us. Well, hello, Malin. Hello, Kelly. What's up with you this morning? Well, you know what I had to do after our last episode with Shannon Pills. I had to have a serious talk with my girls about drugs. And for anyone who missed this episode, you really must go back. It's a must listen. You know, Shannon was a medic on set who ended up getting into the rough world of drugs. And I was asking my girls about this. Mm -hmm. They said kids are doing squeepy at their school. Oh, my gosh. My oldest daughter just entered middle school. Wow. And this is already what she's up against. Some kids are even doing candle. Oh, gosh. And so that was troubling for me to hear as a parent. Um, And it really gave me some more stuff to think about vis-a-vis my charity for women and girls that I haven't started yet. And I'm I'm thinking maybe we'll do something about drugs or that there will be at least a drug education component. I think that's really smart. Yeah. Uh, Because, yeah, before we talked to Shannon, I didn't even know this was such a big issue. You hear about certain drugs, but these ones with the cute names, I can really Mm -hmm. see how they're getting them into middle schools. It's dangerous. It really is. And you know, it's not a future that I want my girls living in. No. Yeah. Well, I think, gosh, we should be so lucky to have your charity then because that's going to save a lot of lives. I can already foresee that. I really think it could. I can almost see the the Nobel acceptance speech now. It, yeah. You know, yeah. of course, that's not why we do these things, right? We do it to help people, but... But you have to dream big. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think... You don't get into acting without, also, you know, imagining your Oscar acceptance mm-hmm. speech either, right? Uh, maybe the Emmy speech is a little more attainable. But, right. Yeah. Yeah. And neither of us really got to do that. But I'm not ruling oh, it out. not yet. No, no, no. We're st- <laughs> we still got a lot of years. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, oh, we're getting older. And mm-hmm. um, Carly told me that no, no one thinks that. And you bringing it up is just sort of highlighting that. And she's she is correct. So I'm going to try to Ugh. stay away from that sort of language about myself, that sort of self-talk. I don't think that's helping anyone. No. That girl, she's always right. Gosh. She is brilliant. And and by the way, she did okay me using her name again. That's why you're hearing it again on the show. Oh, great. I think she realized I'm just, I'm impossible. I can't not say a name if I know it, right? That's the thing I always think about with NDAs is how do you forget what you know? Oh, gosh. Yeah. How do you put any sort of logical boundary around all the things you hear over the course of working for someone or being on a set? Right, right. I don't know. It's lucky I've never had to really... um really manage one because I I think I wouldn't do such a great job. No, absolutely not. I'd be spilling secrets everywhere. Mm -hmm. Could never be a spy. Oh gosh, no, 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 no. Nor would I want to. That kind of, I like being in the public eye like we are, you know, it's, it's, it's got its challenges for sure, but, uh, but I kind of ultimately am into it. I like that too. I think in a lot of ways, spies are actors who didn't end up meeting their full potential because they're out there, they're in these foreign theaters and they're doing acting work. It's very high stakes acting work, but they're actors. Absolutely. They're acting, oh, I'm an insurance salesman. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, they're taking down socialist governments in other countries. Mm -hmm. I'm not rising to that bait. (laughs) Mullen wants me to talk about socialist governments and I won't do it um, because we've got- We have an episode to discuss today, so we won't get into that. Right. And listeners, it's just us today. No guest. Yeah. 
We've heard from some of you that you, you know, you love having the added perspective of a third person, but that you really enjoy us and our banter and our, um, you know, the exploration of our friendship over time as well. And we thank you so much for that perspective, because f- frankly, it can be a little exhausting to get uh, Carly to book these guests every week. And so, you know, we're, we're going to enjoy a little change of pace here and see how that feels. But definitely reach out and let us know if you're absolutely hating this and right. we'll make adjustments accordingly. Yes. Not married to anything. Both of us, I think it's safe to say we'll do whatever you tell us. <laughs> yep. we're uh, Look, we're trained actors. We take direction well. Mm-hmm. And so today, as we recap season three, episode two, it'll be just us. This is an episode that, you know, I've seen on BuzzFeed list for yep. cringiest TV eps of all time. And reading back the summary, watching back the episode, you remember why. Yes. I was squirming on my couch last night watching mm-hmm. this. It is brutal. And it's so funny, but it is brutal in that way where the comedy is not for everyone. Some people can't handle that. And I get oh, it. I don't right. even know if I could watch another time because I hadn't revisited this one since it aired. Right. So in this one, the bus gang welcomes a child from the Make-A-Wish Foundation whose wish is to drive a bus, but the legal driving age throws a wrench in the plan. Meanwhile, Marsha launches herself into the race for mayor's treasurer for the city of Bristol. Oh, gosh. I mean, even just reading the synopsis, uh, I'm like, ah, oh, they, <laughs> they so went terrible. there. They certainly went they there. They did. And I checked to see which writer wrote this, and it was Lorenz. Of and I course. feel like that makes total sense. He mm-hmm. was not afraid to let you sit in discomfort and yep. find the comedy in that. Right. It's the classic sort of poop on my shoe, uh, cringe, discomfort comedy yeah. spread out over the course of a 22 minute episode of television. And yeah, so, you know, you've got this sweet kid, sweet little Max who comes aboard the bus. Yeah. And wants to drive it and has been told mm-hmm. he's going to mm-hmm. be able to drive this bus. He's been assured, a promised. This is a dying mm-hmm. child that, you know, that Tom told could do this. Mm-hmm. And come to find out, you can't. And, you know, I, th- you know, maybe we could have gotten away with it, but, this, you know, uh, city police got involved, Bristol City Police. Yeah. Right. In this episode, the police happened to, you know, in heavy quotes, happened to mm-hmm. board the bus this day that this is happening. And wow, they put a stop to it so quickly. And the look on this kid's face, you know, I tend to not really love the performance of a lot of child actors, mm-hmm. but the young boy who was playing Max just nailed it the heartbreak on his face mm-hmm. when the cops handcuff him awkward right awkward just uh i did have my daughter sit down and rewatch this one with me and they are ooh, hiding their faces mm-hmm. not able to yeah and they just think this couldn't have been made today and i i i think I agree with them. Yeah, I think not. I think not. I think the appetite for this awkward kind of cringe comedy is not really there. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I think it's gone. You know, I mean, of course, there are exceptions, curb your enthusiasm and, you know, shows of that ilk. But I think in general, yeah, the appetite's gone. It's yeah, it's been if you're not Larry sated. David. Good luck. Right. Right. Now, Malin, you're yes. back in a big way in this episode in the oh, B story. Yes, I was so grateful to the writers for this because they alluded to my upcoming potential campaign, right? Mm-hmm. In the end of season two, I'm looking for a campaign manager. So in this episode, we find out what exactly that campaign was, which I remember being a little bit like, okay, 
are they going to actually give this some airtime? They're not even saying what race right. I'm running for. Right. And so, yeah, this sees me launch my actual campaign for the mayor's treasurer of the city. Right. And well, you know what? Not confident that the writers understood city government because I have just been, as we rewatch, also trying to learn a little bit more about the city that we were supposed to have been mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. And there's no such thing as a mayor's treasurer there. Right. You know, there's a city treasurer, but not one specifically for the mayor. So we texted Lorenz to see just what was the conversation in the writer's room about this position, because there are so many local positions that do exist I could have been running for, right? Right. And he said, what do you mean? And we said, well, we don't think this is a real position one would actually run a race for. And he said, I think it is. So... So, because so. I thought maybe, oh, it's a, the joke is that this doesn't exist, but right. no, uh, Lorenz is pretty confident this this does exist. So, wow, okay, well, I could certainly be wrong. Um, you know, I don't think, so, but I think we all have our different interpretations of facts, and this is one this of those cases. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And look, I'm not about to cross Lorenz because he, you know, he'll go on Twitter and roast me or something. So he will um, roast you, Lorenz. I believe you, assuming he's listening and listen, buddy, we believe you. And whether it's true or not, made for a fabulous season of TV. It did. Because that was this the, is the through thing. line. I can confidently yeah. say, right? You've got, of course, you've always got the Tom and Lily stuff. Mm-hmm. But the other through line, your campaign this season. Yeah, it was a nice little boost for me. I, I did start popping up a bit more in this season compared to one and two, mm-hmm. which was was pretty fun and, and kind of a challenge. I, I was learning more lines this season, which it's a muscle. <gasps> So I was I was happy to get back into the swing of, you know, mm-hmm. I've got more than just two sort of reaction lines uh, in these episodes. Right. I know. I remember you coming, knocking on my trailer door saying, hey, hey, can you help me run lines? And, was, mm-hmm. and so I would just sit both of us in my clawfoot tub in the trailer mm-hmm. and we would run lines. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, I think, the beginning of a deeper friendship than just that of two actors. Yeah. Just yeah. getting to spend more time with you and, you know, connect on a real life level rather than just a a co-worker level. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is around when my marriage to Chef John started to disintegrate. Yes. I tell you what, reading those lines with you in the tub was just a nice distraction from everything, you know? Yeah. Yep. Have a little, um, you know, rosé spritzer once in a while when we, you know, only when we had a long break between scenes. We weren't filming drunk, obviously. Oh, gosh. No, 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 no. You know, just put a little rosé in a plastic cup and then spritz a little soda on top, you know, just soda, seltzer water, and just run those lines. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. What I wouldn't give to be able to do a little bit of that kind of relaxant right now. I know. I know. Wait, Kel, this reminds me, just running lines made me think of that audition you had for that Netflix part. Mm-hmm. Did we ever hear anything about that? No, I did not book it, unfortunately. Oh, I mean, I have to assume uh, because I saw on Millie Bobby Brown's Instagram the other day that they're filming that. So, Oh, they are. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Well, hey, you never know when they need to recast a part or right. they do a sequel and there's a new character that fits you know, your profile and, right. and maybe they'll have you on, on deck for that. You never know. Yeah. That's what you just have to hope. I represented myself well today. And so that's all you can do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one thing I really liked in this episode was how just sweet Jackie is to the kid, Max, when he's so crushed. I think that was like the sort of nice 
human moment amidst all this cringeworthy kind of nightmare vibes everyone else is giving off because no one wants right. to talk to the kid, right? We mm-hmm. feel so bad. But Jackie goes straight to him and and gives him that maternal care that that we come to love from Jackie so much. Right. Yeah. Thank you for saying that because I, I was a little anxious. You know, they had Heron made up this boy to look very sick. Uh, I think that's some of the cringe as well is that they, I, I would say almost overdid it with the, the bluish tint and the- yeah you know, a very sickly looking child and the actor could not have been sweeter. But when he was playing the boy, yes, very sort of sunken into himself. Yeah. And yeah, a real treat to have that moment where I just go up to him and I bring Sylvia and I say, hey, this is my daughter. Mm. You know, maybe one day she'll she'll try to drive a bus too. Oh, yeah. Maybe she'll get to do that even if you can't. That's really right. sweet. <laughs> yeah. A tough, oh gosh, oh. a tough moment though. Yeah. But honestly, once he took the makeup off, you say, oh, his eyes aren't sunken in. That's, And that's just, you know, the talent of Kevin and Iz being able mm-hmm. to make this healthy child look absolutely decrepit. Mm-hmm. It was oh, just incredible stuff, incredible work from them. And I feel like the hair even was like thinned out or something. I don't know oh, how they, yeah. I don't know how they did that, but it really looked like he was losing hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was listening to the DVD commentary on this episode, and it's so funny because you never hear in the episode specifically what disease the child has. Right. And apparently the writers just couldn't agree. So they were throwing out all these different kinds of cancers, but they were really worried about just, you know, upsetting if people. If you say leukemia, then yeah. you're, you're naming the sadness. Yeah. Right. And so viewers at home who have a loved one with whatever disease they end up naming, it's just going to, it's not going to be funny. So they kept it general so that everyone can relate and no one can feel too, too bad. I'm not sure it was totally effective because watching it, you do feel kind of bad and you do think of maybe loved ones who have struggled with their health. But that was the intention, at least. Uh, That's what Diana said on the, the commentary track. Oh, that's interesting to hear. I've got to start digging back into those. For a while, I was getting a little resentful as I listened to them, thinking, why weren't you and I able to come record this with them? It would have been so easy and fun for us. Right. But I guess now that I've had a little time and, of course, have some actual trouble in my life that's distracting Mm -hmm. me from these sort of pettier troubles that I had before, yeah, of course, I can watch an episode of DVD commentary and not get PO'd that I'm not in it. Yeah. Well, petty or not, I will say I was feeling that a little bit last night. I thought, look, you're kicking off my mayor's treasurer race storyline and you don't want to hear from the star of that storyline, right? Like that's kind of an interesting call if you ask me. Right. And to have Gus McKinnick, which whom, you know, treasured colleague of ours, but do so many of the DVD commentaries and sort of reminding us that he was controlling your storylines at this point in the game. Right. That, you know, he had as much say as the rest of the writer's room, despite being a a cast member. Right. Yeah, still to this day, I I have to admit, I feel a little resentment toward Mm -hmm. Gus for not letting me win this one. It's like, why could we not win? Right. It makes my eventual victory that much sweeter, I suppose, but I just, Mm -hmm. it would have been nice for my character to have a non-loser moment. Right. We're in season three. Let me, let me shine a little bit, you know? Right. Look, it all worked out for the best, obviously. We're all doing well in our, in our own ways. And yeah, I mean, yeah, sorry, Kelly, if I just sort of brushed past you bringing up the personal stuff you're going through right now. Oh, no, no, no. Is None. everything okay? Are there developments in that front? Uh, how often are you and Derek actually 
seeing each other? How often is he seeing the girls? We're trying to be adults about it. I'm in the apartment and he has moved to a friend's, Mm. but he's nearby. So we're doing in-person meetups and kid handoffs about once a week these days. Um, So the, the girls will be doing a week with me and then a week with Derek at his friend's place. And the friend, is this someone? He said a coworker. It's not Cassandra, is it? It is. Yeah. Okay. And does that concern you at, at all? Or do we, we like Cass? Cass, I think? Yeah. I mean, I, she's a coworker. If she's not in the industry, I, I don't. Right. Yeah. I don't have a lot of concern that she's any sort of threat or competition in terms of, you know what? It hadn't occurred to me until right this minute that maybe there, there could be something untoward happening there. And in which case, I certainly wouldn't want my daughter sleeping there while that is happening. Right. Because you have to be so careful with them right now, Kelly. I mean, the drug possibilities at school, this weird yep. potentially vibe between Derek and Cassandra. I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a time of transition for them. That's for sure. And I don't mean to fear monger or whatever, but, you know, maybe you could have a talk with Katie and Lauren about, I won't say spying, but right. keeping an eye on what's keeping going on over there. Yeah, just asking them to be honest with mom about what they're seeing and hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh boy. Well, listen, summer's coming and there's light at the end of the tunnel. And Yes. Everything is going to be so much nicer once it's mm-hmm. summer. Mm-hmm. Those New York summers. No, I, I, I don't know if you're joking, but I love them. I love New York summer. I love getting out to Montauk or getting out to the Hamptons for a little bit with the girls. Oh, well, no, that does sound lovely. That was never my experience of a New York summer, unfortunately. I'm I'm more thinking of the hot and sweaty down in the subway mm-hmm. type of New York summer, which I, you know, I obviously didn't live in New York as long as you, so perhaps you get used to it. Well, yeah, and we're just not doing the subway very often. We're doing, we're mostly oh, course, doing it because right, right, we've right. got the car. I don't so think people doing are doing that these days, right? It's kind of done. Oh, the subway, it's over. Yeah, yeah it's so dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, once they clean it up, you would go back. I'm sure, you know, it's just they need to get it under control. I don't know. Yeah. There's a a police presence there now more and more, which makes me, of course, feel a little better about it all. But (laughs) I still don't know. It's just not my preferred method of transport. And for my young girls, you know, to be down there, never riding it alone or with their friends. Some of their friends ride at home after school. And I'm thinking, are you crazy? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the L.A. summers have their uh, challenges as well. Last summer, we were getting up to, you know, 105 degrees uh, oh, where yeah. I live, which I don't want to say exactly where I live. I've been careful not to do that. So I'm trying not to slip right. up with the the NDA in my mind about uh, not, don't reveal where you live. Right. Not even, yeah, just more for your own protection. You know, you exactly. still are such a beloved character actress. That exactly. I wouldn't want you to receive any strange attention. No. Ever since we ran into those bizarre doppelgangers at the Grove, I, Mm -hmm. yeah, I've been a little bit cautious. Yeah. And I think with good reason. We did receive a listener question from Gabriel C. in Broomfield, Colorado, who wants to know about this episode, did the little boy go to jail? And that's so funny because once we leave, of course, an episode right? There's fan fiction, there's stuff that people online can do to expand the world of a show. But unfortunately, once we leave that episode, those stories are off limits to us. So I actually don't know. I wonder if Gabriel might be a little boy himself and he might be worried about a little boy going to jail and maybe just wants to hear that little boys don't go to jail. 
you know, that's such a more a more normal response than my thing, which was sort of acting like we d- we just can't know. Of course, in my of course, I know now that children don't go to jail. They go to juvie if they go anywhere. Right. And, which I hope is a comfort, Gabriel. Right. So, Gabriel, I think you're you're thinking juvenile detention is the worst consequence you face. And I actually don't know what would happen. You know, our writers were always, as we said earlier, with the, is a mayor's treasure a real thing? Is that not a real thing? We were taking a little liberty with the right. truth and with reality. And so I don't think that the character of Max would have ended up in prison. I have to hope. I think even if this were to happen in reality, I think after the handcuffs went on, it was probably a little bit like, oh, we want to scare you straight. Because if Mm -hmm. the cops are being reasonable, which I doubt their capacity to, but Kelly doesn't, I think they would have to acknowledge this is the adults around Gabriel messing up, not Gabriel himself. And now even someone like me with a lot of law enforcement in the family and a lot of faith in the cops, I have to say the cops in this episode, they goof. They should not have put handcuffs on a child and no. especially not a child with insert, I mean, look at sad him. illness. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. not a threat to anyone. No, um, he, the, the child can barely walk, right? I, you know, it's funny because I actually think practically the bigger issue with him trying to drive is he can't reach the pedals. And even if he could, I'm not sure he has the strength to press one down. You know, I've not driven a bus, but I think that... They must be kind of hard pedals to push, right? Because the mass of the bus is so great. I, I would I think so. I think there's a lot of resistance under the gas pedal and the brake pedal as well. So unless there's someone yeah. down there, you know, maybe the whole deal, I think, was that Tom was going to be down there sort of pushing them right. with his hands if right. if needed as reinforcement. But yeah, I think it, w- it, it certainly would have been a safety issue. Um, so just if that comforts you at all, Gabriel, to know that, no, he's probably not in jail. and. Right. Yeah. He shouldn't. Have, he probably shouldn't have been driving that bus in the first place. Right. And we have another question from Linda in Detroit, Michigan, who wants to know, why does everyone have such a hard time watching this episode? It's my favorite one, and I like to watch it every single day. Linda, a woman after our own hearts, a diehard comedy fan. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess, Linda, your threshold for cringe comedy is is higher than most people's, I suppose. But that's what I love about writing around fans, yes, right? Yeah. They just, they're down for anything like they were with Couchfest. They will, mm-hmm. they'll follow us anywhere. And it's one of the reasons why we're so successful because you got the Lindas out there. You know, I remember us being written up as, wow, have they crossed a line? Mm-hmm. Have they gone too far finally? Yeah, uh, yeah. It was a common theme in blog and entertainment industry site write-ups about this episode and the lindas of the world were there to tell them hey they're going exactly as far as they should go yeah keep going keep going mm-hmm. on thank you linda I, we do like to hear the variety of opinions on things so it's really nice to hear from folks that um yeah don't find this awkward at all that's really cool really cool mm-hmm. how different everyone is mm-hmm I guess before we close out here, Kelly, since it's just the two of us in this episode, maybe we could each say our favorite moment from the episode, whether it's one we were involved in or not. Maybe mm-hmm. this would be a little positive spin on an episode that is admittedly uncomfortable to watch for everyone except Linda. <laughs> I think that's such a lovely idea, Mullen. I would give my little, you know, if we do a rose and a thorn, we'll skip the thorn and just do the rose. Right. And right. my rose would be. Ethel's facial acting in this episode as she sort of comes to your right-hand side as you announce that you're kicking off this campaign, she's doing some amazing facial acting and some physical comedy, which we haven't really gotten to see out of her yet. Yeah. You know, sort of 
pulling faces and sort mm-hmm. of gesturing to you like, yeah, right, like she's going to win. And mm-hmm. again, you have to wonder how much Gus McKinnick's involved in making you look like a loser and taking every possible chance to do that. But right, right. the flip side is that it, Ethel is very funny in this episode. So very funny. Yes, yes. Good call. Ethel is fantastic in this episode. And I, I was so happy that you know, this storyline did mean that I got to do a lot more scenes with her. So I bet yeah. that'll be my rose coming up as well in later episodes in this season. Uh, but for this one, again, skipping the thorn, because the whole episode is maybe a thorn. I think my rose would have to be a moment with Wiggles, with Martin, where he tries to cheer up the kid when he's being, you yeah. know, put into the cop car. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wiggles is, you know, face against the glass, still trying to put a smile back on little Max's face. And yes. I just like, it cracks me up, honestly. He's doing a gag where it's like, oh, he's going down the stairs, you know, which mm-hmm. we, we've all seen before, but he trips, fake trips on the uh-huh. stairs. And um, that was just a very inspired moment of comedy that uh, that was really nice to see and an otherwise pretty uncomfortable watch. Yes, it put a smile right back on that kid's face. And as you see him driving away in the back of the cop car, he's he's laughing. Yeah. Gabriel, I hope you caught that moment too. I hope that makes you feel a little bit better as well. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you all so much for joining us today for this season three, episode two recap. It has been a pleasure to relive with all of you again. As always, if you have any thoughts, opinions, questions, comments about this episode or about any episode of Riding Around, please feel free to send us a note, ridingaroundpod at gmail.com. That's right. And if you feel like leaving us a review on Apple Podcast, go right ahead. If you want to leave your favorite riding around memory in there, we'll read it on the show. And Mm -hmm. thanks, as always, for spending your time with us. Honk, honk. Thank you so much to all of our listeners. Thank you also to Kelsey Bailey for our logo and to John Purcell for our theme music and for mixing the show. You can follow us at Riding Around Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And send your thoughts and questions to our email address, ridingaroundpod at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate us, and review us anywhere you find your podcasts. And if you leave your favorite Riding Around memory in your review, we'll read it in an upcoming show. Come back and join us next week. We'll have another great episode for you that you won't want to miss. See you then. Hack, hack.